fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. Back here in hour number two on this Monday. Feeling good, feeling fine, ready to roll here. Hour number two. Marco D'Angelo in the house. Wagertalk.com. Go to wagertalk.com. Get Marco's plays. All sports. Well, not all sports. I don't know how he's in cricket. I think he has a... Below 500 record in cricket. Just kidding. Marcus doesn't play no cricket. Homie, don't play that. Yes, you're not playing all-star games. We know that. But baseball, get on him as we get ready for football season. I have, he is the defending champion of the T.C. Martin show. Even though I try to tell people it's not a contest. I tell Scott Sparks that all the time. Scott, it's not a contest. It's just, you know, we keep records for fun. Yeah. Marco D'Angelo in the house with us again. Hour number two coming your way. And we kick off hour two talking NBA Summer League with our good friend Sam the Man Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal, the esteemed columnist. What is going on, my friend? Uh, happy Monday, TC. Right back at Not you. Not a whole bro. lot. How you doing? Good, good, good. Sam, I know you've been spending some time at the Summer League, so I want to get to get your take on uh, the Wemby Mania, as I like to call it. We know that uh, Friday night you had the uh, San Antonio Spurs taking on the Charlotte Hornets, but more importantly, was it was Victor Wembayama against Brandon Miller uh, out of Alabama. And then, of course, on Sunday, we had San Antonio in Portland with uh, Scoot Henderson, a guy that you did a nice piece on a few weeks ago and a few different times uh, going against Wembayama. So uh, give me some thoughts, Sam. What, what, are your, what is your take of the first few days of Summer League? Well, I think the most important thing, T.C., like aside from the, the actual performances that, that Victor Wembanyama put forth in two very different outings, you know, Friday and Sunday, but is just the sheer buzz and excitement that his mere presence generated. Um, he, he was this, this whole thing has been really, really, it's been a, a really quick process for him. He just finished his season in France a few weeks ago, shortly before the NBA draft. Uh, didn't have to play. I mean, certainly I think it would have been very understandable from kind of everybody involved if the Spurs and then Wemby just kind of wanted to shut it down and prepare for the season. But, uh, understanding the, just kind of what, he, what, uh, his talent represents and his potential represents and what he could mean to the NBA, um, play, play both games. And there was a palpable buzz in the arena, like nothing that I've ever, uh, experienced. Now, I, I didn't get to town. Um, I mean, the rough, the, the Rebels were past their glory days when I got to town, but I imagine, Probably, you know, it's probably been quite some time since there's been a buzz like that at Thomas and Mac. I mean, it was a early arriving crowd, and there was this kind of chatter and noise, you know. People who were at the games were talking to their best friends, you know, and like just like and kind of marveling at Wemby and, and, and just, again, his presence. He's, you know, 7'5 in shoes. Uh, he's so fluid. He's just very unique uh, the way he plays. And I think, you know, for the, a lot of fans, this was their first time seeing Victor Wembanyama play. So, uh, you, you know about the hype and seeing the articles and whatnot, but a, a real chance for basketball fans here in America to see him. And it, 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 I think it's a massive credit to him that he showed up. Luka Doncic a few years ago after winning you know, the Euro League in 2018 um, didn't play. Again, totally understandable decision given how long the season was. Um, but uh, Wemby played, he showed up. And it was two, again, two very, very, very different games, different performances. Uh, the first one just seemed a little jittery and nervous, and understandably so, based on the kind of the scenario I saw that he did not play well. Uh, just offensively, uh, just never really got the ball in the right spot. A lot of isolation from the top of the key. Uh, that's not that's not how I think he's going to really make his bones at the NBA level, and that's fine, right? At summer league, you want to throw different looks out there, but everything was. I mean, the moment was a little big, and, and he really struggled on the offensive end of the floor. I think he was two for thirteen, nine. Nine points, was missing jumpers, and just not a lot at the rim. Um, was very, very good defensively, but the performance, I, I don't think it certainly didn't match kind of what the crowd was hoping for. And you could kind of feel the collective air let out, you know, on, on Friday night. So 
you know, the buzz was there. The performance wasn't on, on Sunday. On the other hand, I think, uh, you know, just kind of a different, different expectations based on what, what everybody saw on Friday, at least from the crowd. And he was awesome. And I think the biggest piece to that was he was catching the ball closer to the basket. And I under, we all understand the perimeter skill. And we've seen the videos and the shot making and the things he was doing uh, overseas and the things he was doing at the showcase back in October. But he's seven five, seven four, seven five, whatever he is. Like, get him the ball near the rim. And this was about running a bunch of sets. This is a summer league roster. And he just kind of found his way closer to the paint uh, on Sunday. And then you saw the quality of shots were were better. The looks were better. He put so much pressure on the offensive glass as well. And his teammates are getting better looks and, you know, still was able to incorporate some of the perimeter stuff. So uh, in my time covering summer league, and it's not like I'm a crazy veteran. This is my seventh one. It's not my 30th by any means, but um, no, no electricity, no buzz like this um, in, in my tenure here. He, he certainly, uh, the, the hype, the, the excitement um, that he brought was certainly uh, singular in my experience covering the event. And, you know, he bounced back and took advantage of the situation and the opportunity on Sunday. And it's a massive credit to him with all the pressure he has, all the expectations, nothing that he necessarily asked for. Um, he came out and he, he bounced back in a really, really impressive way. So he's definitely the, the, the story of the first weekend of summer league. I don't think there's any, any question about that. And I think this weekend will, will go down as one of the more memorable ones, you know, the, the further we get removed from it, just, just based on what he represents and, you know, his willingness to come out here and compete. You know, we've seen sellout crowds over the, I'm going to go back, say, the last four or five years on the opening night, especially when you have a top draft pick. And you got to remember, Zion Williamson, I mean, it was pretty crazy for that. I'll even go with uh, Jalen Suggs. And, uh, you know, he had, there were a couple other guys going back a couple years ago as well, too, Sam. It seemed like the hype. But I think, you know, when you have a guy that is 7'5", Okay, in that's you know I don't want to say freak in nature, but you know what I'm you know with the skill set that that he has or people think that he has and what they expect to see is like wow I think that just you know is added attraction. I mean Chet Holmgren, I mean there was a lot of buzz last year with him, even though you know we watch Chet Holmgren with Gonzaga and we say okay we don't know how good he's he's going to be, but there's there's still a lot of buzz with that. But I mean what you're saying is like. Never seen anything like it. And even, you know, like I said, comparing it to, to UNOV glory days. I mean, that is, that is saying something. I mean, it, it really is, but I think that is the nature of where we are right now with the media really overhyping. I'll say it overhyping Victor Wembayama and with social media and everything else. And it is unfair to the kid to put all of these expectations and compare him to LeBron James because we don't know. Because, you know, like you said, okay, he struggled a little bit Friday, okay? Yeah, it's it's nerves, getting acclimated to only being in this country for a couple of weeks, still finding a place to live and all this other stuff, going through maybe a handful of practices with the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. But these expectations, Sam, just seem a, a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I think that's that there's definitely a lot of truth to that, TC. I mean, he, you know, it's, I mean, when you, like you said, when you when you call somebody the, the best prospect in 20 years, it's, it's setting a really, 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 really high standard. And, you know, unfair to him, but at the same time, I think just kind of the way he handled himself in the press conferences and whatnot um, throughout the course of the weekend, nothing, nothing but grace, um, you know, just kind of understands the situation he's in and, and is very thoughtful and I, I think very candid and was really critical, you know, was critical of himself on Friday and, you know, acknowledged, I didn't know what I was doing, that, it, that it's taking time and that's okay. He's 19, right? He's 19 years old. This, is, this isn't about him being an amazing player this season or the Spurs turning the thing around overnight. It's about having a foundational, potentially generational, all-time great kind of talent that they get to you know, develop and shape and mold as he continues to grow and whatnot as well. So uh, I think he's going to come in the NBA and be a really, really productive player right away. It might not, you know, it might not look pretty all the time, um, but defensively, I think you see, you see his impact just immediately with the, the ground he's able to cover and how um, the force he is at the basket. Just nobody wants to go near him. And then offensively, as he fills out and the Spurs figure out how to get him the ball, when he's near the basket with opportunities to, you know, finish at the rim instead of having to work so hard on the perimeter, it's just summer league. So he, he's handled it with nothing but grace. Um, I, I, again, it, it was cool for, the, I think, the city, uh, certainly UNLV, to have that electricity um, on, on its campus again. And, and for fans, uh, you know, not only in Las Vegas, but from around the, you know, around the world to get to take part in it. And, and really, I think one of the, you know, kind of the highlighting thing about what makes Summer League so special is you get an early look at these players who go on to be stars. So many great players have come through here. 
and uh, not many, right? Not many, very few. You're right, Zion had, had a bit of a buzz in Lonzo Ball a few years ago yep. going back as well. But, but with Wemby, it's just different. I think you, you, know, you nailed it. We've never seen anybody with this kind of skill set at that size before. It's just a little different. And, um, and I think, it, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's it, again, great for the league that the most important thing that he showed up uh, and, and was a, a and, and gave a you know a big time effort for the fans that came out. It, it shows a, a willingness to lean into the responsibility that he has is undoubtedly one of the faces of the league if he continues to evolve and develop into the player that we think he can possibly become someday. All right, let's talk real quick about the number two and three picks. I want your take on Brandon Miller from Alabama, and then of course Scoot Henderson, who played with the G League Ignite here uh, in Vegas. Yeah, let's, I want to start with Scoot Henderson. Um, he just, you know, done. I, I'm probably done for summer league. I injured that shoulder in Friday night uh, in the second half of that of that of his debut. But I mean, I saw everything I needed to see in that first half, and it's more of what we saw with with Gilly Ignite. Right? Uh, he he just has a real feel for the position. He has a command of the point guard spot. There's a leadership to him. There's a uh, just maturity to him, an uncanny maturity, and then there's a physicality that he brings to the position right now as a 19-year-old where he's so quick and explosive, uh, he can finish off guys and bounce off guys uh, and get to the rim kind of whenever he wants and get into the paint and whatnot, and there was a pace that he played with and a real energy that he played with, and he was spraying the ball out to shooters and getting into the paint and going downhill and not over-dribbling. It just seemed like he was a seasoned vet, and that's you know to be expected, right? TC, I... I Wrote, you mentioned it a, a couple weeks ago. I pushed for um, Charlotte to take him. I wrote a column that they that, that would regret passing up on him, and I, I totally feel that way. There, there was there's an intangible quality that he has, a maturity, a leadership, a charisma um, that he has that I think is going to really invigorate the Portland Trailblazers once they get this Dame Lillard situation, you know, figured out and whatnot, and, and undoubtedly a, a franchise kind of guard that I think you're going to be able to build around. So. Yeah, just in those 8, 10, 12, 15 minutes, whatever he played, whatever the tally ended up being, like saw everything everything we saw lined up from what he um, was able to do with G League Ignite, why he was, you know, up until the 11th hour, like the number two prospect uh, in this year's draft. As far as Brandon Miller's concerned, um, didn't, you know, the, the numbers haven't been flashy. The pop hasn't been there. The stats haven't been there and whatnot. Um, you can see the talent. You can see the ability, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, can handle it, can get to his spots. You know, nice jumper, although he's been missing it uh, at Summer League. Not Not concerned about him. Long term, but you know, you just see Scoot for that half and you see the, again, the just kind of charisma that he has and plays with. And that's not, you know, it's not Brandon Miller's personality type. That's okay. Um, but, but he just didn't have the same impact on the way his teams play. So, you know, it's very, very early, very early sample size. It's all about big picture, uh, for these young players and what they're going to mean long term to their franchises. But no doubt about it. I think Scoot was one of the, 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 the biggest stock raisers. If his, if his stock needed to be raised, I, I certainly didn't feel like it needed to be raised any higher, but he, he comes out of the weekend as one of the big winners. Wemby does too after his bounce back performance. And, you know, Brandon Miller, I think still yet to display, uh, on the highest of levels or, you know, that at least on the summer league stage, anyways, that he's played on so far, um, the, the kind of potential that we, we, we know he has, and that made him the number two pick. Not saying he wasn't deserving of that, but there is just a, a star, intangible quality to Scoot Henderson that's been prevalent, I think, for you know a very long time, and, and it's changed the trajectory of the Portland Trailblazers uh, franchise, you know, drafting him and being able to pair him with Shaden Sharp in that backcourt. All right, Sam Gordon joins us, Las Vegas Review-Journal. Sam, there at the NBA Summer League. You can catch the NBA Summer League uh, the rest of this week, and then the championship game will be Monday. Sam, before I let you go, real quick, I know how closely you follow and cover the NBA as well, too. You know, the NBA announces the in-season tournament, and I guess, you know, they've seen the, what the WNBA has done with the Commissioner's Cup, and by the way, the Aces, uh, now, you know, they clinched the, the home, uh, site and the best record for that. Uh, that game will be August the 15th, uh, more likely against Connecticut or, or, or maybe New York. We'll see how that plays out, but talk a little bit about the NBA in-season tournament here. I'm not sure how players feel about it and I'm not even sure exactly why the NBA is going to this. Maybe it's because they feel like they need to create some more excitement during the regular season, which, you know, has really been, you know, downplayed a lot by players. Yeah, I mean I think you nailed it, right? It's just trying to just kind of manufacture a little bit more buzz and a little bit more urgency um during the middle of the season. I'm not sure why fans are necessarily going to care. Um because I mean ultimately like you want to win the championship and there are, you know, financial incentives for players but do fans really care if if the players on their favorite team like make an extra 500 grand i'm not sure they do um we'll see i mean there's not, I'm not i don't want to i don't mean to be pessimistic i think i like like let's be optimistic like maybe 
you know, 500 grand doesn't matter how much you're making. That's a lot of money. And if you can make that simply by winning games in the regular season, by going a little harder or taking the games a little bit more seriously, like why not by all means. And then, you know, for us, DC being here, more NBA basketball in Vegas. And, and I think uh, the semifinals, right? Those games are going to count towards the regular season. So it strengthens the, the NBA's ties with Vegas. No doubt about it. I think, you know, like nothing official, right? But, uh, they're, they're more and more kind of tea leaves, you know, Adam Silver even going on the record with Shaq, uh, around the NBA finals on NBA TV last month, uh, talking about Las Vegas as a possible expansion market. It's just, it reflects, uh, you know, an, an increase in the strengthening of those ties. So, you know, as a, as a, as somebody who loves the NBA and loves basketball, um, at all levels, right? I'm excited about it. I, I hope it's a fun event for the city and, uh, a great opportunity to bring, you know, more, um, high level stuff in Vegas, which continues to get more and more events, you know, be a one-offs, uh, and whatnot. And this is another reflection of that. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not quite sure how it's going to play out, but I, I don't blame the NBA for trying to be creative, whether it works or not remain to be seen, but I get it. We try and try and spice it up a little bit. No better place to do that than Vegas. Sam, what are you working on? Uh, RJ wise, what do you got coming up with? Colin? Yeah, I'm going to be out at DC at uh, speaking of basketball and in, in Vegas, WNBA all-star, um, this weekend. So another great event, uh, up at Michelob ultra arena. So I'll be out there, um, you know, doing some, doing some stuff, uh, and some more summer league stuff too. A lot of, a lot of locals, a lot of players with local ties, uh, having stand up, stand out uh, performances. So we're trying to highlight all that in the review journal. So definitely appreciate you having me on TC and I'm sure I'll see you out, out uh, and about town this weekend. You got it, brother. Appreciate the time, Sam. <laughs> All right, no doubt. Take care. There he is, Sam Gordon, the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, spending a lot of time on the hardwood out there at the Thomas and Mack Center, the Cox Pavilion. And again, Sam, a great columnist, uh, as we know, and especially uh, hitting a lot of stuff from the Las Vegas local uh, angle. But uh, the NBA Summer League, and of course, uh, with the Aces uh, having a home game tomorrow night against Phoenix, and then the hosting the WNBA All-Star Game on Saturday, of course, nationally televised uh, on ABC. 5.30 tip-off, and of course, we'll have the radio coverage for you as well on both ga- uh, days on Tuesday and Saturday. I don't know how you feel, Marco, about the, you know, this, this NBA uh, in-season tournament, but Okay, you know, it's just like I wasn't a fan, still not a fan with the play-in tournament. You know, from that perspective, you know, my rationale is I don't want to see, you know, eighth and ninth place teams, you know, playing 12th and 13th place teams. And what's going to happen more than likely, you're going to get blown out in the first round anyway, you know, with the right to go. And I, I know the Lakers went a little bit of a ways, but... You know, the Lakers were not your traditional number seven seed this last year. But with this in-season tournament, I mean, it just seems it has all the makings, uh, you know, for marketing only. And I don't know how enthusiastic, you know, players and fans are really going to be. There's two ways to look at it, TC. I uh, get what you're saying. We're talking about the players in during the season. It's a nightmare for us as handicappers to try to handicap because we got to wait till the last possible minute to know who's deciding to take the day off for load management. Uh, so I think what the NBA is trying to do is, and that's why they added the play-in games at the end of the season to keep more teams alive for the playoffs so we don't get that tanking issue that still happens. It still happens. You know, if, yeah. if you're going to run to 10 teams, well, 11 and 12, and they're going to start tanking when they can't make it. But it's going to try to make some games earlier in the season mean mean more to try to play in this. Now, do the players care about winning this? That's yet to be seen. But I'm questioning the timing of the game. They're doing it on December 9th would be the the championship game from what I'm seeing online. You still have college football. <laughs> okay. Isn't that won't I got to look at my schedule. Maybe uh, you can find Meaningful out. Meaningful college football. December 9th. Isn't that the, the conference championship game? Yeah, You're going to go head to head against that. Yeah. TV ratings aren't going to be there. Yeah. That's the what I question. You should have did it probably the do it the day that remember when Army Navy's the only game that's on. Have Army Navy in the afternoon and you have this championship game at night. Then you're and, not and fighting. That might be the case. That it, it 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 might be the case. That would make but, more. That would make more sense. But from what I remember, usually with Army Navy is usually that kind of that dead week, and then the conference championship games are. 
or after, right? Yeah, and that's what we, I'm thinking. And then we've got basically a week low before you get to the early bowl season games, which are usually around the 17th, 18th or so, yeah. the week and before you, Christmas. And you can't go a little bit deeper into December because, remember, the NBA, or the NFL starts playing some of those Saturday games yeah. in December, and you're definitely not going to compete with that. So, uh, we'll What's strange it. about this is you know, they're calling it a you know in-season tournament, and – you know, if you're going to have the championship in that first week of December, I mean, remember the season starts basically Halloween. Okay. That's, that's your spot. Okay. So sake of argument, let's say November 1st. I think it's November 3rd that the tournament starts. Okay. But that's my point. So that the season, you'll only have like two, three games under your belt. Yeah. You know, cause they start the last week of October, the regular season, and then you're getting into this and you know, why wouldn't you have it like, a little bit later. I don't know. I mean, what the WNBA does, they have it towards the end, their championship game towards the end of the regular season, still with a couple of weeks to go. So, yeah, I'm not sure. But here's the way it works, if, if you're not familiar with this. So all 30 NBA teams have been randomly drawn into five uh, groups, or actually groups of five, I should say, All right, within their conference based on one-loss records from this past season, all right, for the the 2023 in-season tournament. Now, each team will play four designated group pool play games, one game against each opponent in its group, with two games at home and then two on the road. Then there you go. Then you'll you'll advance and do that. So I think what's interesting here is they were saying randomly drawn here. Is this behind closed doors? I mean, you know, they make such a big deal about the draft lottery and we got to go through all these formulas with all that sort of thing. Listen to these groups. So the West has group A, which is Memphis, Phoenix, Lakers, Jazz, Portland. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds pretty st- stacked, right? How about group B in the West? Denver, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, Rockets. <laughs> That's random. Yes, random. Okay. Okay. Uh, West Group C, Kings and Warriors. Interesting. Timberwolves, Thunder, Spurs. Okay. Interesting that you've got uh, Warriors and Kings in the same group, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, East, Group A, Sixers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons. Group B, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Wizards, Hornets. Group C, Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, Magic. I guess it's better than just saying you're just having your division foes because you've played them more times than anybody else anyway. So now you're going to do this. They did uh, the champion con- the football championship games is December second. Army Navy is December ninth. So they did. Plan- they did. So they, they did plan that. They, they looked at that. Okay. So I feel like the East is the one that was randomly drawn because oh, the East oh, only is the East. only the East. You look at the West. The West is just everybody there. Everybody wants to see. But then again, the West is deeper True. than the East as well too. So you can look at it like so that. So they made sure the East had the four best teams end up. Advancing. <laughs> See, you guys are always in the conspiracy theory. It's not just you guys. I mean, it's everybody out there. And I, I can't stand the conspiracy theory. I don't buy into it. I don't believe it. But if they're saying random, I mean, it better be random because there would be so much scrutiny if somebody found out that it wasn't random. So why would you risk that? True. But random warriors, kings, after what we had last Last year with the playoffs, yeah. starting the new rivalry for yeah. them. Yeah, it's random. You play fantasy football at all? I do not. Okay, wrong guy to ask. Okay, but so many times, like okay, like in my fantasy drafts, they're random. Okay, we draw it out old school, draw it out of the hat, and this and that, and it's random as can be. And I know some fantasy leagues will go, oh, however you finished last year, if you have keeper leagues, all that kind of stuff. But I'm a fan of the 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 random draw here. Doesn't need to be ping pong balls and weighted and all this other kind of stuff. So, but I'm just saying, if you are the NBA and you are advertising and saying it's random, I'm going to believe you that it is random. It should be because, like I said, can you imagine the scrutiny if something came out like that? 
they'd blow this thing to to, to shreds. I, for me personally, I have experience with like when we enter a stake race yeah. and there's divisions, and when they come out, it seems like the all the bad horses, you know, the let's say the B squad is in one division and the A squad's in the other division right. racing against one another, and I say, yeah, that's random, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> and for the most part, I will say this: I really don't care, yeah. but we will care, especially you're going to care. Yeah. But me too, because I, I bet probably as often as you do. So when these matchups get, you know, uh, announced and it'll get closer to game time, we're gonna you're gonna see more handle on these games, aren't you? Oh, the, you will because of all the hype and is. people maybe brainwashed thinking this is a meaningful game because everyone likes to bet on meaningful games. Or will they even know? Like, are, is the is the NBA going to be like? Because at least the WNBA says Commissioner Cup. Game. Oh, there's no doubt. I don't like the name. The name has no. At, the yeah. name has no buzz to it. Yeah. In season tournament yeah. has no buzz. But to it's it. for the NBA Cup. Yeah. So why you know Just why didn't you say call, that? Yeah, yeah. Have the name. But here's where I think the NBA is trying also to get a foothold. The NBA for most people, and and I'm guilty of that too. I don't look at the NBA in November that hard. I play very sparingly in November because I'm concentrating on college and pro football. When you, the NBA becomes really relevant, it's Christmas Day for a lot of people. And I think what they're trying to do is get the NBA some relevance yes. before Christmas Day to build it up into there. So I get everything they're doing. We'll see if it works. We'll see how the players buy into it because that's – you know, the fans are one thing. You don't even have your own players buying into making November meaningful when they're taking every other game off, it seems, the, the superstars. And that's the NBA needs to address that in some fashion where you, you need to be hurt. Or, you know, these if you want to manage minutes, manage minutes by the coach. Let the coach manage the minutes. Get them in there and you, you want them only to have 10 minutes, you know, in the game. Or, you know, just play half the game. You can do that. You know, we talk about the aces up and down. Look how Becky managed. And that's the games, you know, sometimes they don't cover those big spreads because she's doing load management in game. In the last four or five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. You want to get your uh, your other players in there. All right. So we will see when we come to the months of, of November when how much we're talking about this. As we get ready for, you know, week 12 of the NFL and we're talking, you know, big time college football, you know, conference games. And then we get closer to the conference championship games. Yeah. How much are we going to be talking about the NBA when we've got the king of sports, both NFL and college football, and we're handicapping those games and we're breaking down those games? How much are we going to be talking about Memphis Playing San Antonio. We won't talk about the play-in <laughs> games. We will talk about the championship game because the only other game of significance that will be playing that Saturday is Army and Navy. And, of course, college basketball will be starting. But, again, college basketball in December, how many people really care? You're waiting for conference play. For basketball. For college basketball. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I'm saying, but we're, yeah, we're, we're in the heart of football with NFL, we're talking NFL on Sunday every, for Sunday. Well, yeah, we're talking about it on Thursday and Monday night football. We're talking about it and it's why the NFL did what they what they've done many many years ago. They want to have they want to capture you know September through February. They want to capture it and they do. So, I get it. You know, NBA is a long season. They don't want to cut down games just like the NHL. They're not going to take any games away because they Want to make as much money as they possibly can with those home games, even though many of the games in the NHL and the NBA are, I don't want to say not as exciting, but they're not as meaningful. And it's like, okay, yeah, so I lost on a Tuesday night in November, or December. Who cares? You know? So I get what they're trying to do, but there's a right way to market it and have it all play out. And there's a wrong way. And I'm not saying that it's going to be the way because we don't know. We haven't experienced this yet, but. Let's see. But just from the Commissioner's Cup, it's intriguing. But for the most part, when people come to games, they don't know it's a Commissioner's Cup game, don't care because there's not enough history behind it. Right. You know, we only got a, a, a few years behind it. 
So especially and, with year one in the NBA. And as far as you go with the money, you said that the players, the winner, winning team is going to get, you know, get money. It's something to play for. On the WNBA side, money does mean something. Absolutely. On the NBA side, if you throw how much, how much extra money can you throw them that it makes it even significant for them? That's, a, that's well, they spend that at a nightclub. So, so, de- <laughs> de- but doesn't it make you wonder if the NBA is is saying, "Hey, we've got an extra five hundred grand here that now we're going to throw to players and give it to players." I mean, boy, how much disposable income does the NBA have? Because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we're doing wait, you know. Now, I can hear the retired players already talking like, hey, where's the money for us? The guys that played 8, 10, 12 years in the league mm-hmm. that weren't, you know, that were lucky to maybe make 40000 a year back in the day, 30 years ago. All right. Where, where, where's our health care? Where, where's our bonuses? Where's our pensions? You're, you're going to dole out another half a million dollars to these guys who's making that's what their minimum salary is? For rookies? Yeah. First and second year players? I mean, I can hear the arguments already. And what's gonna not to be negative. I mean, again, not I don't want to be like Sam, I don't want to be the pessimist about this, but I'm just, you know, trying to figure it out. How about and again, I like I like to look, you know, for the, the monsters under the bed, worst case scenario. Let's say the Clippers get to the the championship game here. Yeah. Is Kawhi gonna is, this is my day off. Oh, he's gonna play that day. He's gonna play that day. He might not play, you know, maybe the first two games. I got, I got to save myself for the semis or the, you know, the final. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I, I, I want to see who's who has a day off <laughs> during this. All right, I want to thank Sam Gordon uh, for joining us. Talk a little NBA summer league and the in season tournament. We come back. We got Major League Baseball to talk about home run derby tonight. I'm fair, but I'm firm. This is boxing referee Joe Cortez. I always listen to the TC Martin show. Okay, yes, back from Minneapolis and ready to roll. I got to thank my my Uber driver. He did a fantastic job today, I got to tell you. The one and only Marco D'Angelo. When you need a ride, call 1-800-MARCO. MD Limousine Service. <laughs> MD Limousine. He sends me this picture because I asked him. So I said, hey, man, I'm, you know. Got a car situation, as you guys know, you know, from the accident last week and all that. I got a car situation. Asked Marco to pick me up from the airport, and um, he did. And he sends me this uh, GIF, G I F, of Morgan Freeman driving Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, like, oh man, I don't know. Okay, so am I the worst passenger you ever had? I can't say exactly what you are on there. Wait, wait, hold on. You've said you've done seven airport trips. Yeah. I had seven airport trips in the last ten days. Out of the seven, he was the biggest pain, and you know what? How can I be the biggest pain? Okay, so I tell him I'm in the cell. You know, I can hardly, I can hardly wait to hear this because this. you know me, I'm the man of logic here. Yep. So whatever he's going to go, I'm going to come back with logic. Okay. That's it. Nothing else. Okay. And go. I'll come back with reality. Okay. Go okay. ahead. All right. I said, I'm in a cell phone lot. Text me when you got your bag and you're going across the bridge and we'll pick a number for to pick up. Can we back, can we back this up a little bit? See, I was thinking so much of you that I didn't want you to do laps around. So I said, Hey, um, you know, I will text you when I land. Then I'll text you when I get to baggage claim. All right. So this way, you know, because I know there's going to be usually. Again, I do this a lot, so probably about a 23-minute window from actually land to by the time I get the bags. So I'm trying to be as precise as I can. So I said to him, plan on, this is good now, because if you, I looked at the clock in your car when I got in. I said, plan on 1232, okay? No, no, I say, I yeah, when I, when I landed, because I landed a little early, but Normally, I said, so 23 minutes after I landed, I was supposed to land at 12.33, and we got in early. So I'll let you pick up the story from there. But I was trying to be courteous. He says, don't rush, you know, because I just landed. And this is all texting, by the this way. This is all texting. And yeah. he's, I said, I already left two minutes ago. Oh, and I said, 
This isn't my first rodeo. I said, I will be waiting in the cell phone lot. I think we better, I'm going to go to the text because I want to, I'm going to follow this uh, because the text was pretty good. The text go was, ahead. and I said, it's not my first rodeo. I said, I'll be in a cell phone lot. When you have your bag in your hand and you're crossing the bridge, text me and I'll tell you what pole to go to. And he sends back Rennie Stennett. <laughs> okay. So he says, I'll see if you can catch that reference. Okay, so obviously, as a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, I know that Rennie Stennett wore number six. Very good. I answer back. I answer back with, I would prefer, and it would be easier, to go to somebody that just scored 40 points, if you catch that reference. Okay, so I'm going to back this up because these texts are priceless. So here's Marco's exact text. Not my first rodeo. I sit in the cell phone lot till you say you're coming out of passenger pickup, and then I drive right to the pool, you tell me. Pool. I think he meant pole. I, I think it's a pillow. Siri, I it's was talking through Siri. I knew you were. All right. So my response, I think it's a good cool. one. Hey, good idea. Uh, I, I didn't know you were a calf roper. All right. I, I knew you were a Bronco buster, though. Get it? Bronco Buster. Ball Buster. Bronco Buster. Wasn't anything I, funny. I, that was funny. Okay. All right. So he tells me it's the second airport run. So I said, yeah, plan on Rennie Stennett, like you said, you know? And, uh, he, yeah, he got it. So then you said the, 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 uh, the person that scored 40. So what do I say? And it's true. Okay. He means number 10. If you know passenger pickup, I respond with, that's too far to walk. Why does he want to take me all the way to the end? Of of the passenger pickup. I don't get that. Okay. Now, here is where you said logic. Here's reality. Okay. Everybody that comes out of the airport stops right at the end of where the bridge is, which is pole six, pillar six, yeah. whatever you want to call it, yeah. because everybody's lazy and there's big log jam there, and you want me to try to squeeze in and pick you up, where if you just walk, take a right, and walk down you know, four poles, there's nobody there, I can zoom the car in. Throw your bags in. Now, I ask him to walk four poles is more work for him than me coming and picking him up, bringing him to the studio, and, oh, guess what? I'm taking him home, too. <laughs> and Who, I, Who's the guy that's in pain here? Okay, Who's the guy that just... Me, because uh, I'm an, listening yeah, to this oh, crap. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So what do I do? I said, all right, we'll split the difference. I'll see you at Willie Stargell. That'd be number eight, Numbchuck, for you. Okay, there you go. I got it. So what do I do? So I come on out, and I didn't get his Willie Stargell thing until, because I went speed racer, baby. I was out of there this and that. And I wanted to make sure I was waiting for him, because I told him in an earlier text, I don't want you to have to do laps. So let me tell you when I'm there, so you know, you're not waiting at all. So I get out there, and I'm already past the, the bridge part, right? And I see, oh, Willie Stargell. So I'm looking there, I'm going, oh, guess what? Nobody's at number six. Nobody. So I text him back and I go, I'll be at five and a half. Hmm. Oh, sorry, I don't know any Pittsburgh Pirates or Pittsburgh Steelers that are five or five and a half. Do you, do you, by any chance? I didn't want to go Johnny Bench. Yeah. I'd upset you yeah. because it's red. All right. Nobody was at six. So I stand between five and six to catch him before because if you go down to the end, you're going to get stalled at that bridge because the walkway is there and they stall and they stall. We could already be in the car. And then while people are walking the bridge, that's why you load up before the bridge. So then you're not holding up traffic. Okay. That's the logic and the reality part. So what happens? He sees me standing there. He shakes his head and I start just we bringing my luggage out and I load up in less than eight seconds. Eight seconds. Hold on. Time he's and he's we're, calling a we're timeout. Off, and we're off in pace. He's calling a timeout. Two left. I had to pick him up in the second lane because there were so many cars, I couldn't get to the curb. But I can't you. Uh, but but when we went by pole 10, pillar 10, whatever you want to call it. Huh, was, there any car, was there any cars there? No. I think there was one at nine. No. There but was, eight was jam-packed. Admit it. Willie was jam-packed. Willie starts where did I tell you to go? You. Where did I tell you to go first? You said, you did say 10 first, but then you said eight. 
Because okay I know that. everybody's too darn lazy to walk to 10 and there's nobody there. I give you another tip for people picking people you up. You could at the waste uh, an eighth of a tank of gas waiting there at four, five, and six because you're waiting for people to come across. And again, Monday afternoon, 1230, no one's waiting. I mean, it's, it's smooth sailing. Nobody blew their whistle at you. Okay. No, it was smooth sailing. Do you think when somebody, you ask somebody to do you a favor, do you think you'd let them call the shots? You'd budge a little bit. Yeah. And what was my, did you, how about my other text? I said, the TC Martin show doesn't start till two o'clock. Yeah. From 12 to two, it's the Marco D'Angelo show. Yeah. <laughs> it should have so, been. So I, I tell him in advance, knowing that it's going to happen, right? And I said, Hey, we'll have time for lunch. So we're going to go to lunch. No way. We're not going to have any time for lunch. Come on. Tell everybody that one. And then what happens? The first thing I say, I said, well, who said we don't have time for lunch? Wait, wait. Time out. Time out number two. Make this a 30, okay? (laughs) You got in 23 minutes early. I did. Okay. Add 23 minutes to when you got in the car. We're not having lunch. Okay. I I brought logic and I brought your reality in. I'm early. (laughs) We have plenty of time for lunch. And we did. Yeah. And aren't you glad about that? Wait, hold on. But can you imagine? And how much money eating? did you spend on lunch today? The same that you spend on all your the meals. The big C. <laughs> Wait, Damn, I, that, that, that is that's logic and reality. <laughs> so hold on. Can you imagine him without having lunch? He would have been. A well, I had the bigger... two-hour time difference, man. I, I did have a breakfast at the hotel, but you know, it wasn't much. But yeah, I needed to eat. I mean, exactly. Oh, you're just wasting away there, that skinny frame of yours. Wasting away in Margaritaville. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you for the ride, my friend. Yeah. Okay. We're not done yet, though. So hold on. Yes. You had a fun trip. I had a fun trip. Yeah. I, yeah. Good time. How was da- Dallas? Was fun? Dallas was weird because I was staying right by Jerry's World. Yep. I was down by Cowboy Stadium, and they had this little thing there called Texas Live. And okay, you, Texas you, Live. You were was talking cool. about that on Friday, right? You were that you were yeah, talking about, about it, it yeah. And they had yeah. So I said I was going to go after the game, right? Yep. Wow. Friday night, these people tell me Texas Live. That's happening, baby. Every place is open till one a.m. I go, how many restaurants you got over there? Oh, tons. <laughs> so I hurry back because we're playing at the university. We're playing at the University of Texas at Arlington. They're in the whack, by the way. Did you know that? You didn't know that. Back to the hotel. Lyft driver. Boom. Take another lift, get over to Texas Live. I get there at 942 or something like that, right? 945. You drove all the way to Texas for him? No. <laughs> How many places were open? Zero. Two. One was a grab-and-go pizza that was getting ready to close at 10. And this, the the place where I had the lunch, right? Yep. the burger, that was it. They have all the games in the big screen, got a DJ and all that stuff. That's it. But the barbecue joint closed. closed. Guy uh, Fieri's taco place that I want to try closed. closed. Some Brazilian place closed. Another bar, some honky tonk where they had like a a, a band. They said, "Oh, it's really hopping on weekends." The band wasn't even playing. They, they had an empty stage. Oh, closed. We stopped serving at nine o'clock. Like, what's what's up with this? So I get to Minneapolis. On, oh, it's a Friday. More places will be open, right? Mm. Not so much. But downtown Minneapolis was very cool. So you were near the arena? or I was right by the arena. So was there anything fun around the arena? Well, I'll tell you what this area is. Okay, so the Target Center is there. And then you have Target Field where the Twins play, right? right? Insight. You can see it. Two blocks. Oh, nice. Two blocks. Walking. I got to walk from the hotel to the arena. And it's pretty cool. Hotels around there. But you know what I noticed? (laughs) The first thing I noticed... There's a lot of strip clubs down there. And a lot of these downtown establishments, you don't see that. You don't have that in Houston and, and some of these other places. That's like three or four strip clubs. And it's pretty crazy. So as I'm walking to my dinner spot, Numbchuck will love this. All right. I'm walking to my dinner spot, and it's about a four-block walk. Nice night. Temperatures upper 70s. Did you get in during shift change? Is that what you were talking? Is that what this, where this is going? Yeah, why? I, why no, you, know, you haven't said anything. I was okay. just wondering. So, no, I, so I'm walking and I'm, you know, check, checking out the sites and everything. And I saw a couple of these other strip clubs. I go, wow, okay. And then I'm getting to my restaurant about a block away and I look to the left 
I see a sign that says Spearmint Rhino. I go, wait a minute. We back at Vegas? So they have a guy out there, you know, in a little black tuxedo. He sees me and he goes, hey, how you doing there, my friend? I go, hey, I go, Spearmint Rhino, like Spearmint Rhino in Vegas? He goes, yeah. He goes, we got 20 of them all across the country. I go, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a chain or whatever. And he goes, he goes, hey. He goes, yeah. You know, so, oh, you're from Vegas. Start talking, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I go, well, what's the story about this place? And he goes, well, he goes, we got the hottest ladies in town. Okay, great. He goes, come on in. I go, well, you guys got a cover charge or what? He goes, he goes, well, yeah. You know, I go, what's cover charge? What do you think he said? 20. 40? 40. 20. 20. 10 bucks. (laughs) Now, does that tell you something about the establishment? (laughs) Does it? It does. Okay. So I said, he goes, but I said, I'm going to dinner. And he goes, hey, listen. He goes, come on inside. I got the cover for you. I got the first drink. We got the hottest ladies in town. And I said, uh, I'm going to dinner. I said, maybe I'll catch you on the way back. Okay. Hey, what's your name? You know, give my name. He goes, my name's Hunter. Just, I'll be here. I'll be here after your dinner. Okay. So I go have my steak dinner, this and that. So now I come back out of uh, dinner two hours later. And now that was like seven o'clock. Nothing's happening. Now now I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's happening. So I get to the crosswalk. And I look and I go, oh no, there's the club. <laughs> what do I do? Do I do these like, because my hotel's on the same side of the street, two blocks up. Do I do the left turn and go up and around so the guy doesn't see me? Or do I do like the head down and kind of like, hope he doesn't recognize me? Or do I see, go in and go see the establishment? Numbjack. I know what you guys would do. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to the strip club. You gotta go to the strip club, my man. You gotta, you gotta experience it. And I'm sure you know the national anthem for strip clubs is "Girls, Girls, Girls." If they play this song at every strip club across the country, I will say this: at one of the clubs that was directly across the street at my hotel. Do you know what the name of that place was? No. Gay Nineties. Uh oh. <laughs> Didn't go in there. But anyway. Um, not there's anything wrong with that, yeah. as Jerry would say, right? Um, so I look, and now on my light screen, some crossing, and I go, wait a minute, that's not the same guy. It's not Hunter. <laughs> it's some other guy. His head is down, and he's texting, right? So I go, should I go in? Should I go in? Kind of curious, maybe not. No, what do you uh, No. And I just walked by quickly. That guy never saw me walk by. What kind of doorman is he? Why is no one in the place? Because he's not barking anybody at, hey, what do you buy? Come on, come on. Hey, $10 company. Are we auctioneers now? Something like that. Yeah, they, they, I, never, they never do that. Sorry to disappoint you guys. I did not go. See, the play was because the go. other guy wasn't there. Is you go, hey, where's Hunter? Hunter told me to come back. Believe he said he, me. Get, he was going to let me in. Back in the day, I would have done it. Back in the day, I would have done it, but... It's not my thing anymore. Because we know you're not parting with 10 bucks to start with, okay? That's first. uh, Well, he's copping me. He said that. The entry and the first drink. Do you remember the episode with, uh, what was it, Al Bundy, uh, Married with Children? Yeah. Dollar bill on a string? That's you. (laughs) Here's the deal. You can't get a comped. You you can't get a comped. You know know who I was more curious about? I wanted to put him to the test and say, hottest girls in town. I wanted to see what that, because again, so now I walk by at 930, okay? Nobody was there. No, I'm checking. You know the phrase, make it rain. He couldn't even get a sprinkle. (laughs) No, no, he'd probably be making it hail. (laughs) Wow. You guys are just brutal. You're brutal to me. I'm away. I'm here. You missed Coco. And Coco, now coming to the stage, Cinnamon and Coco, or some of the other. So Nupchuck went on the website. Go ahead. He went on the website and said, you did, didn't you? I did. Okay, give me some of the names that were appearing nightly. Appearing nightly. He looked on the staff. Yeah, he's, you know, you're sending us a group text of what transpired, what you should have done, and he's telling you what you missed. But I know, I just told you about the club. I didn't tell you that, because you guys didn't know if I went or not. That was before. Right. When I I texted you when I went to dinner, I said, hey, 
I know there was a spearmint right I love there. the fact that Marco pulled your man card for something. Yeah, and I forgot I what it yeah, was. I said, yeah. your man card's revoked. Yeah. Let's see, who, who do we got? <laughs> yeah. Coco. I'd, I'd rather yeah. have a nice steak instead of yeah. that. Coco. Yeah. Aspen. <laughs> There's got to be a Tiffany. There's Mia, always a Tiffany. Jade. Nala. Don't forget a Jade. Melanie. <laughs> Sabrina. Lotus. How many of those are the real names you think? None of them. No, not even a melody. Fiona. Her name's Margaret. Esmeralda. <laughs> Jasmine. April. Sadia. Maya. <sighs> Stella. That many people working at this club? Stella. 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 So this isn't, this isn't all right now. Oh. This is like they do everybody. That's the roll call. This is everybody. Uh, Me- Milan, London, <sighs> Northwestern just fired Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, I breaking just saw that. News. Wow, breaking news. Let's get to that. All right. Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald, longtime Northwestern football coach. Why? You missed it over the weekend. Yeah. The, uh, oh, now I'm trying to, I'm spacing on it. You got it. Now I'm check. I'm trying to pull it up as we It speak. was hazing. Hazing. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. It's university. There were some re- reports, and uh, yeah, not good. And you he get, was fi- you get that before fall camp here. Wow! Last week they suspended him two weeks, and now today they fired him. I, how, first of all, how can you? What is suspending some a coach two weeks in the offseason? It was effect, they said effective Friday, which was ridiculous. <laughs> right, that's his Hawaii time anyway, vacation time, because he's getting ready uh, for training camp. And wow, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald um, fired. So. It's too late to do a full-on coaching search. Are they just going to elevate somebody? Well, Don't. Like I said, it's breaking. <laughs> we got it right as the show was ending. All right. <laughs> well, good stuff there, guys. All right. Uh, appreciate everyone for joining us. Uh, back at it again tomorrow. Nupchuk, hope you got some terrible Tuesdays. I just gave you plenty of terrible Tuesday. Yeah. Like, you know You know, You know. know what the, the worst part of that terrible Tuesday? What? You didn't go see Coco. <laughs> I went back to my hotel. They had a nice little live lounge there. It was nice. And they were playing the old school jams. I got all my old school jams. Was Coco there? No Coco. I mean, really, nobody was there, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but the jams were going. I'm going for the music, man. See? You can pull my man card. Coco. That's fine. Coco Chanel. Oh, boy. I want to thank Sam Gordon for joining us. Oh my god. He didn't go to a strip club. Wanna thank Arash Mikazi. No, he didn't go to a strip club. Marco D'Angelo. Void of strip clubs. Numchuck goes to massage parlors. Daily appearance <laughs> at a strip club. <laughs> uh, Alright, if you missed any part of the show, go to the website, check it all out, tcbartshowback.com. Marco appreciate it as always for everything. Everything I appreciate you, Marco. I'll get the air conditioning running. 